Okay, mamas, ladies. After having three babies, I never thought I would wear an underwire bra again until I found Skims. So right before I had Bear, Skims sent me a couple of maternity bras. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wear maternity bras. They're so uncomfortable. They're not for me. I tried them on. They are the most supportive, most amazing, only maternity bra I have worn this entire pregnancy. On top of that, the material is so soft and the straps are adjustable for maximum comfort. And it fits every woman out there. They have a million sizes to choose from. My favorite Skims bra ever is the, quote, fits everybody t-shirt bra. And it's literally the best t-shirt bra I have ever worn. It's seamless, flawless, perfect. You're going to love it. If you're a fan of no underwire, the products I would highly recommend are the wireless form t-shirt bra and the no-show unlined demi bra. I like the color sand because you can't see it through white t-shirts, which is the color I usually go with, but they have a color for everybody. Whether you're pregnant, postpartum, nursing, or none of the above, and you just want a good bra, go to Skims. They've got one for everyone. Shop Skims bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes, 30A all the way to 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select couple things in the drop-down menu that follows, skims.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Today, we sit down with Jamie Otis. And her husband, Doug Hainer, who you may recognize from Married at First Sight, the TV show. She was on Bachelor, uh, the TV show. And they have their own podcast, Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. They're all over the place. They got a lot going for them. And... They're pretty fun. We had they a good conversation. Are. We had a great conversation. We got real, uh, more real and <laughs> in depth than we ever oh, have. Man. Um, you'll know what I mean when you get there. Yes. Uh, and then it's awesome. We actually, Jamie and I really connected because she is a labor and delivery nurse mm-hmm. before she went into like the whole TV world. And then on top of that, we talk about the fact that they literally got married at first sight and how that has shaped their marriage and their views of marriage and relationships. It's a it's a really fun conversation. Yeah, I learned a lot, actually, and it changed my perspective. I think that their experience is cool in a lot of ways. It is. I, I think they have so much wisdom for having gone through an experience that a lot of people haven't, mm-hmm. but maybe they should. Funny story, uh, I'll let Jamie tell the full details, but she was not super pumped at first sight. <laughs> yeah. Which, anyway. Yes. Uh, but now they have two kids together, and Doug's hilarious. I could talk to Doug all day. Jamie's great. You guys connected really well. And we are going to do a podcast with them on their show. Yes. Again, it's called Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. You can check that out. We'll link um, this in the description. But before we jump into it, if you haven't, Please subscribe to the show. Give it a rating. Uh, we love hearing your feedback. Uh, it was good. I feel like last week people shared their true feelings about um, our interview, and I appreciated that. Um, yeah, meant a lot. Anyway, continue to do that. Let's go ahead and jump into this one with Doug and Jamie. You had a second child since we last talked. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Five months old? Uh, he was four. Uh, he was okay. Like four. Yeah. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah. Wow. I feel like it goes by so fast, right? Ooh. Yes. That is almost 20 pounds. Ridiculous. For real, though. <laughs> Big eight, boy. Yeah, yeah 18.1 pounds. That's Dang. amazing. Yeah. You know, whenever I look at pictures of our kids from the past year, I'm amazed at how fast they're growing up. Oh my gosh, me too. And we've been doing a deep dive into old photos lately. Sometimes the thought hits me hard that I'm getting older too. And this has led me to think a lot about the legacy I want to leave behind, what kind of parent I want to be, and things like our family's financial security. We've been talking a lot about this recently and are excited to share that Fabric by Gerber Life makes it simple to get the protection that's right for your family. Life insurance doesn't have to be some big confusing topic. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. 
10 minutes is crazy fast. Plus, it's all online and on your schedule. No appointments, scheduling, or piles of paperwork. Just apply when it's convenient for you. This is the first company I've heard of where you can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required, and they have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash eastfam. That's meetfabric.com slash eastfam. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash eastfam. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. We'll also link it down below and let's get back to it. Um, I feel like we're just gonna we're just in the conversation right now. Let's just yeah, keep yeah, it going. Okay. Just started the yeah. like, sorry guys. I, I, <laughs> I love it. I How much say, Yeah, I thought it was so cute. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I do have to say, I think I've asked Andrew four different times. I was like, wait. We did a podcast with him. When? What? And then he keeps reminding me I was full term. And yeah. yeah. I was in the delusional, like, wow. I don't know what's happening. I, yeah, I don't even remember that. What I happened think you were the last human beings we talked to before, Probably. before we met our little human beings. Maybe. So. Yeah. yeah. I remember thinking this girl's a champ because like <laughs> be talking any day and she's yeah. sitting here chatting with us. So thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> so good to talk to you guys again and officially meet. I feel like I will remember this one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, so give us inside scoop is a second child way crazier than just one. <laughs> Ah, I don't want to say yes, because I don't want to like discourage you, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh you know what, you, you know, what you can't plan for is the, what your first child's going to be like and do, because we, we experienced, there's some level of regression. Everybody says it, but like we after didn't, the second comes. we didn't know that it was going to be like, like a lot of regression back yeah. and being quarantined uh. just, just created chaos. And it was trying to find balance as a family on where to spend time. The kids always on Jamie's boobs. So it <laughs> gave me some time to bond with my daughter. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just finding some balance. Between because, the two of them, because yeah. you obviously yeah. want to show like you, like, you know, it. like Drew's like your whole world, right? Like yes. With our whole entire universe. Yeah. And I was so scared that I wouldn't be able to show her the same amount of love and affection. I was scared that she would notice it, you know, like, yeah. obviously I'm not going to be able to, I have a newborn, but I was like, I just don't want her to feel like the, any sort of aban- abandonment or neglection. And obviously that those are some big words for having a second baby. Yeah. It's not like, no, that. you're literally speaking like everything that I've been thinking for the past few like months. Cause we've been talking about like trying again. This, I, yes. I'm like, I'm going to abandon her. If we have a second one, she's going to think I don't I, love her. That, that happened though, because I, after, cause we, we had found out that we were pregnant. What was it? Twice. Um, and we had a chemical pregnancy Yeah, and then mm-hmm. there was kind of a mis miscarriage and the initially I felt, I felt bad for my daughter. That was my first reaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I been like thrilled. I was just, I felt bad for my daughter. And I, I said this before, I was like, I, I didn't know if I could have, like, I had so much love for my daughter. It's like, how am I going to be able to love another human being the same? You know, it was just like this thing that was going on in my head. I was like, I love this kid so much. How, how can that, like, I, I don't, I didn't know if I could divvy up the, the love and make it seem <laughs> yeah. fair. Yeah. But, a lot but of- you're saying you've, you're doing it. You got it. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. I, 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 love, I hope he's saying that. No. I, <laughs> I love my daughter way more than I love my son. No. That's okay. <laughs> 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 no. Uh, I didn't know. I actually didn't know that like uh, the, the first child having a regression because like, is it a kind of a form of rebellion? I don't, I think that it's, I, I wouldn't want to say the word rebellion, but like, I would say like seeking, attention. yeah, like seeking attention yeah. and, and rightfully so, because you know, like they go from you doting on them 24 seven to all of a sudden you're, you definitely are divided, you know, you mm-hmm. have no choice but to be. She legit went back to like goo goo gaga, like saying that exact yeah, phrase. Like, oh, wow. like, like say weird. five to 10 word sentences yeah. all the time. She carries a whole conversation. And, and that, and yeah. then she started going eh, yeah. eh, and like up up, up. And I'm huh. like, like, yeah. you just turned three. Like, like where are your words? <laughs> <Right>. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's but, really 
It's really sad. Yeah. It makes sense, though, because they're seeing a baby get attention because the baby is acting like a baby. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Sean, Sean, I don't know if you guys felt like this with Lady. Was Lady around before your daughter? Yes. So Sean, like, loves dogs. I love dogs, but she yeah. treats them like a baby. And she's like, I don't know how I'm going to love a baby as much as I love the dog. And then I guess it just kind of happens. And then you have the baby and you're like, oh, yeah. Well, I, have a dog. I cannot. Okay, we have to talk about this for a second because it is okay. so true. So obviously, you know, we actually Doug loves our dog lady and she's just a little tiny like chihuahua mutt. She was a rescue dog. Yeah. Um, and and like, you know, you just think your dog is your whole world before you oh, have yes. your baby. And I remember vividly like sitting at the counter, holding my dog and like petting her and loving her. And someone saying, oh, you wait till you have a baby like that. You won't uh-huh. do anymore. Like you won't be holding your baby like like your dog as a baby. And, yeah. and I was like, never, never. And yes. Now, like the dog barks. I'm like, shh, shh. You can't yeah. I'm throw you out the window. Like, <laughs> well. And then I remember before having our daughter, when people would say that, I would be appalled. I'd be like, they don't get it. They're not dog people. Right, they don't right. like animals like I do. And anymore, I'm like, oh, no, just whatever. I think it was, how old was Drew? Two weeks, three weeks, two or three weeks old. It was like the first day where we got her in her crib or like in her bassinet asleep. Like we had like some sanity to us. And let Nash out, our dog, to go to the bathroom right before we were going to, like, try to take a nap slash go to bed. He comes back, no joke, five oh, minutes geez. later, skunked. <laughs> oh, man. And I was like. I didn't remember what you were outside. talking about, and then I just remembered it, and that was so brutal. It was oh, the first gosh. time, like, in my dog mom, Oof. you know, reality that I was like, he's good. Fend for himself. I will <laughs> yeah. see him. If he yeah. is here uh, in the morning, you can say it'll be good. That's yeah, <laughs> such a strong smell. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. oh, it's so bad. But um, yeah, wait. So I remember with Drew. I feel like four months was the turning point where we understood kind of what the new routine was. We understood what new sacrifices we were we would have to make as parents, and we kind of like settled into the routine a little bit. Do you yeah. feel that? Now that you're at that point with your second, like a similar thing? Yeah. To be very honest, this is the point where with my daughter, with our first child, the one Mm -hmm. and only, yes, we had like a routine. It was kind of starting to calm down a little bit. Like I I was like, oh, I think that's a poopy cry. And like I could tell he's coming kind of thing. With him, I mean, I can tell the cry still, but we're just so it's so hard with two like I'm like I should have a routine like I with Henley I would like have this whole routine where I would like nurse her and rock her and sing her you know sing her to sleep and and with him I'm like we don't have a routine yet like does he have a routine like it's just I feel like it's all chaos with with two it is so much more difficult he's such an easy but he is we're like I think I thought our daughter, I like obviously loved her. I thought she was like an easy baby. I mean, mm-hmm. all my, everyone was like, she's not an easy baby, but I was like, <laughs> oh, she's so sweet and easy. Mm-hmm. And now with my son, I'm like, wow, like she was a horrendous baby. <laughs> like, she was so fussy yeah. all the time. Yeah, and she's so funny. chill and cool. Like we yeah. don't have like much of a routine. I mean, I'm trying my we, best to have we one. Just, uh, I mean, we decided that um, it was a tough decision to put my daughter in back in school. During like COVID, um, you know? So yeah. Yeah, so we we came down to Florida in the beginning of the year to look for a place because we wanted to get a place down here and and just to do an Airbnb. So we found a place in Florida at the time, and I guess maybe even still now, COVID was this is like the worst state in the world for COVID apparently. <laughs> Um, and we had bought a house, but, so we had no choice but to come yeah. down here in the midst of it. But like with mm. me working and her trying to work and having my daughter was just I saw the regression and we weren't able to commit to homeschooling her. Like mm-hmm. we just both were too busy. And it's like it was such an easy default to the tablet, watch yeah. your cartoons, whatever, and I'll <laughs> yeah. play with you in between. And we were just like, we have to get her back in school because she really took a couple steps back and um it's honestly freed up so much time and yeah. that now we're starting to get structure back. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, where it's, it, you know, she gets home from school at like three and then it's time to 
play and hang out and have dinner, take a bath, yeah. go to bed. Do all the We're things. trying to yeah. get the routine. We'll, we'll let you know how it goes in about a month. All right. <laughs> yes. Well, I, we're excited for you. Um, <laughs> so how, the first how have question I've been doing with the, the whole quarantine though. And, and or it, is Drew staying home? Yeah. So she's, she's home with us and we've been home the whole quarantine. Um, we've been really lucky that like our childcare is my mom. Uh, so she's been coming over to the house ever since quarantine and we just kind of separate levels for like work and then home is on the first floor. So we've been, we've been lucky. We can't complain, but yeah. Yeah. If you know me, you know I love high-quality clothes and occasionally a luxury item here or there, but I hate spending luxury prices, so I rarely buy anything really nice for myself. That was until I discovered Quince. They have so much good stuff for you guys. Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices within reach. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50.00. Washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part is that everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I love that. It's also really important to me that the clothes I wear are created in a safe environment. And Quince only works with factories that use ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So obviously, I really love that. I bought a Mongolian cashmere sweater from Quince, and no joke, I have worn it once a week, all fall and winter long. It's so soft, premium quality, and looks like I spent a fortune on it, but it was only 50 bucks. I've told all of my friends about Quint. I also love their men's line and have gotten some nice activewear and performance tees for Andrew that he loves. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash eastfam for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eastfam to get free shipping and a 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Eastfam. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Yo, it's fun, though. The parenting thing turns out it's really great. It's really fun. (laughs) It's pretty cool. Yeah. All the time. (laughs) Just when you think you got it down. (laughs) I I got my daughter hitting off a baseball tee, so I'm happy. That's fine. Oh, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Dude, I saw the playground that you found near the near your spot. It looks epic. You got the whole yeah, there's a couple there. down here. It's just hot as balls all the time. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's but it's um there's a lot of people that are out. We still haven't made any friends yet. Um, yeah, we haven't made it. We're yeah. we're lonely over here in Sarasota. Uh, but, <laughs> if wow. everybody's around Sarasota, let us know. <laughs> For listeners out there who also <laughs> right. need friends, talk to yes. Doug and Jamie. Um, so listen, the first question we usually ask when we interview couples is how do you, how did you two meet? And you guys have a pretty spectacular story. I would love to hear it from your perspective. Sure. Yeah. So, um, well, we were married at first sight on, um, that show called married at first sight. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing each other before you get married is so 2016. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, but we, um, yeah. So we met at the altar. We were complete strangers before we said, I do, I didn't even know his name. Although actually the day, like the day of, I was, you know, getting in my wedding gown and all the things. And the producer accidentally said, Doug like and that's my husband's name Doug and so I was like Doug what's what does that mean like what could that possibly look like and I decided Doug probably wasn't a good name like what like what I don't know (laughs) I I was just so anxious and scared uh you know to marry a complete stranger I don't know it doesn't sound weird at all (laughs) to be honest I'm kind of with her though Doug I don't know about the name (laughs) I don't know what it does look like either and then 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 I think I was so overwhelmed that day, obviously. It was beautiful. She saw me at the end of the aisle and started to cry. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I feel like I had really high expectations, which was quite silly considering I was marrying a complete stranger. Mm -hmm. But I just remember that, so there's experts who, so for those of your listeners who don't know what Married at First Sight is, it it is a TV show. We were on season one on Lifetime. Which is the best season. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
think season one's the best. We're just a little biased, but, yeah. um, but no, so you, it sounds completely radical and it is like, don't get me wrong, but mm -hmm. there is science behind it. And that was kind of like what kind of hooked me into it because I was having trouble dating. I was really, really awkward. Still I am super awkward. <laughs> like, it was slated as a love experiment in the beginning. Yeah. And it wasn't until the last final casting call where they said, okay, here's the experts and they're going to do this intense background on you. You're going to be able to give us all your deal breakers. You're going to be able to say, this is what I imagine my partner as, and these are my values and this is what I want to marry. And based on that, they would match you up with someone that is perfectly compatible based on their algorithms. So yeah. for some people it was like, they just, got up and left, like walked out of the yeah. room as soon as they said they that. They were like, this yeah. isn't dating, this is marriage, yeah. and you're asking me to marry uh, a stranger? You know, for, me, yeah, for me, it was it was too weird of a thing to pass up, you know? <laughs> it was just like, there's gotta be a reason why I'm here. Um, and I stayed because I was starving and they had a great cheese platter um, <laughs> and fruit that was there. Yeah. And then I met the experts. Are you talking about at your wedding, they had a nice <laughs> cheese platter? Oh, yeah, like at the final <laughs> call with all, there was all dudes. Ah, I gotcha, they I gotcha. were introducing everybody. But you know, the, the way that I looked at it was there, if I'm able, if you're going to follow my deal breakers and if you're going to follow everything that I say and you're going to get to know me personality-wise, sexually, like just values, religion, like everything, and then you're going to match me with someone that's perfect to that, like why not? Like that just seemed like a great, like just a best experiment ever, you know, and you weren't guaranteed a match obviously, but you know, the person that they're going to find is going to be the person that you imagine in your head. Um, you know, it was like a no brainer for me. Yeah. So you're able to say your deal breakers and also like the experts, they aren't just like Joe Schmo, you know, off yeah. the street. They really were like, to me, they seem like they had great credentials. They were risking their own professionalism on the line, yeah. you know, they all had their own practices and whatnot. And so I felt really, and after you met them, I mean, I felt really confident that they weren't just trying to make some dramatic TV show because- yeah. I don't know if you know, but you know, I was on The Bachelor, and so that for me didn't really work mm. out. It wasn't a great experience per se. And I was like, I'm done with dating on TV. I don't look cool. Like no one's ever gonna want me. So and let's get married on TV. No. So, yeah. but like, so when when this came around, and they they it just seemed so much more authentic, you know, than The Bachelor. It seemed like they were genuinely trying to see if they could help like change that statistic of the 50 50 like in america 50 percent mm. end up in divorce and they were wondering mm -hmm. if science could you know kind of like having this algorithm and matching people based on actual compatibilities not just that spark you know at mm -hmm. the first sight or whatever if that could actually have an impact in relationships turns out i don't think that we're even 50 50 for the show married at first sight we're season we're going on season 12 now um crazy. so yeah and i don't think that even 50 percent have stayed married but we stayed married <laughs> for us so oh, yeah. so that's cool uh yeah so so to go back though on our wedding day um i feel like we've jumped all over the place but that was the whole casting process what kind of got us into it each of us and um and i took it obviously like i was i took it very seriously like i really believed that maybe this could be how i meet my husband and I just thought that it wasn't like, I didn't, it wasn't like the bachelor. It just seemed so yeah. real. And so I was like, this is how I'm going to meet my husband. And the, the, like the professionals, they all like the experts, they were all like, Oh, this guy who was a stranger at the time, he's so great. You're going <laughs> to love him. And so then, you know, sitting there in my wedding dress, I'm like, this guy, it's going to be Brad Pitt. Like, he's going to be so great. I'm going to love him. And then I look down and I'm like, that's the Doug. And this is, I have no chemistry. I don't feel any like happiness. There are no sparks. I'm in my wedding gown and like my mom's there and my nieces and nephews, like we're like the ring bearer and the flower girls. And this is my real wedding. And I don't know this guy. And I freaked. And, and that, I that so literally in the clip, Doug, not to be brutal to you, but she, you say something, Jamie, like you're like, you didn't feel anything or anything. you said something along those lines. I mean, like, I didn't want to pretend to be, this is the thing, is that like, I didn't want to pretend to be some happy bride because we were like making a TV show. I didn't yeah. want to pretend to be in love because now I'm married to him. I wanted to be honest about, I didn't really think it was going to work out. And I didn't want, I don't know. I just had, I she felt like I had to be honest and I wasn't yeah. immediately I didn't think it was going to work out because I just didn't have that feeling, you know, like, you don't know, yeah. you're in your wedding day and you envision some sort of spark or chemistry. Yeah. 
And I think I did. I mean, clearly looking back, I had like high expectations. I should have just hoped for like a nice guy smiling at me, not like Brad Pitt. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, I was smiling ear to ear. Yeah. Oh, he was, he had the biggest <laughs> grin. He was sweating profusely. Well, Cause you, you, you know what, you know what it I'm is. I'm with you there, Doug. Yeah. When, it's, it's when, when we go, you know, and I, I appreciated her honesty, uh, in a way, even I, I, I never saw it as, um, like she just didn't find me attractive or she just wasn't into me. I didn't see it like that. I was like, all right, well, this person's like a real person. Like she's not going to try yeah. to fake it. We both said, you know, be the same person out and off camera, um, from there. But, um, yeah, it was just, I, I had, I had something to say and I just lost it. Well, no, I think <laughs> well, the, oh, yeah. go ahead, John. I was to say, so I'm curious. I have a million questions about this. Now I need to go back and watch this whole season because I'm fascinated now knowing you guys. Um, you guys get married for the show. Yeah. What what happens? Because you guys are complete strangers. Right. So, like, how do you even begin to get to know your <laughs> husband? Right. Who? So, yeah, so it was, um, and, I, and I'll, I'll get to that. So just real quick. It, the hardest part to get over was was whether this was going to be a for real sort of experiment or not. Yeah. Um, and so when you, when I gave my deal breakers, I was like, you know, I like to stay in shape. Um, I would hope my wife would also like to stay in shape. Um, I'm not. AF. I'm not into. <laughs> I'm not into redheads. Nothing against redheads, but just like I'm not into that. And then, you have a redheaded were, baby yeah, right now. There were other yeah. things that may make me seem racist, but like the these were my deal breakers for, you know, for someone. Yeah. And, um, so the ring bearer and, and the flower girl come out, they are just straight, like beyond gingers. Uh, <laughs> like little kid. her, her sisters come out and they're not, I mean, they're a little heavier. Set. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. But they are just heavier set. And, and so and my, I see, I see my dad and my brother going like this. We knew it. We knew it. We knew it. Um, and then she walks in, which was uh, amazing. But so we had the awkwardness of meeting, saying hello, finding out who are. What, what Literally are said, hi, I'm Doug. As yeah, that's yeah. exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's, that's actually how my daughter got her name Henley. And I'll, we'll talk about that in just a second. But the experiment is going to document you for six weeks. So okay. it's gonna, you're, you're going to sign the marriage certificate. You're going to go on a honeymoon. So it was like four days on a honeymoon. You're going to come back. You're going to move in with each other. And then they're going to document everything. You don't have to take off work. They're going to work around your work schedule. They want it to be a real life marriage documentary type. And we knew when they were filming, they, we had, you know, like a whole schedule that was there, which was filming pretty much almost every day for the six weeks. And we would get to know each other as we go through. And they didn't have, we were the first season. They didn't have a template to work off of. They didn't know mm -hmm. what was going to catch on publicly and what was going to be, popular or whatever so mm -hmm. they filmed everything they yeah. let us be ourselves like we didn't have to say or do anything it was just like yeah no we're just gonna put a camera here and just watch <laughs> yeah. watch you guys as you go through and yeah um you know turned out that it worked out pretty well for i think the yeah. show um you know being as yeah. long as we've been on yeah but no i feel like sean like i guess like what caused at least for me to like become mm -hmm. attracted to him was really so at dancing, our wedding. My dancing. Definitely not his dancing. <laughs> uh, well, no, like he like truly won everyone over at our reception. So of course, all my friends were like, "Are you crazy? Like, are you really married? Yeah. Like, is this really legally binding?" And I was like, "Yes." Like, but trust me, I don't feel. I feel like if you met the experts and if you understood this process, you wouldn't think I'm crazy. And they're like, "You can't tell me anything that's gonna make yeah. me think that you're not crazy." But I really like had this gut feeling for some reason so anyways we're at the reception and at this point i had had like a panic attack and i was like everyone was right i'm wrong this was a bad idea i take it back i don't want to be married to him and at the reception so you I, already married yeah uh, yeah yeah we said i do like i went like literally going down the aisle i was like i felt like i couldn't back out now kind of thing yeah sitting there staring at me and so i'm like i do and i literally give a thumbs up like that like <laughs> This is, yeah. and 
So then like, you know, we have to take these p- pictures for, you know, for the yeah. show, I'm assuming, because I'm like, well, you're making me look wedding like I'm- photos. That's wedding, why I said photos. I didn't have like, I, like, I love how reality TV can clip things because I was like, I'm not attracted to him. Please don't make me like pretend that we're in love because they're like, kiss him. And I'm like, I don't even know this dude. Like, I'm not making out with him. But But did um, you though? No. No. Oh my God. I'm telling you, I was very real on this. Four days later, she touched my penis. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So fast forward. Oh gosh, Doug. But to get there, like I feel like you were very charming and clearly funny and just a sweetheart, like during our reception. And I was like, well, he's not uh, a charming friend. <laughs> and um oh, I told I, and we're like leaving the reception and I'm talking to my girlfriends and they're like I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. I think I might put a pillow in between us because I'm just so uncomfortable. And they're like, Jamie, give him a chance. He's so sweet. And I was like, you just told me this was a bad idea. Like you're the one that told me not to even do this. And now you're like, give him a chance. He's so great. Oh, look at him. He seems so wonderful. And I'm like, like what? So I think that kind of helped bring my walls down that that my friends and family were able to see something that clearly I wasn't able to through all the tears. (laughs) And um, it's interesting. I don't know if you guys have ever watched a black mirror episode or maybe even the social dilemma where they kind of like, uh, humanize Mm -hmm. the algorithms that computers have. I feel like you guys kind of were that for like these dating apps, which I, I used to be super skeptical of dating apps, but then like you actually look at, wait, they are able to gather a lot of information. Yeah. People's deal breakers, people's like preferences, whatever that is. And one of the experts, Dr. Pepper, Sean, I got a question for you. Okay. What is it? On a scale from chug to sip, <laughs> how would you rate your hydration style? Um, Interesting question. I would say I'm a sip girl. I sip on my coffee for literally hours and sip on water throughout the day. What about you? I would say I'm a chug type of guy, yeah. no doubt. But whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone i actually really love liquid IV, especially since nursing bear i feel like i'm always thirsty i like that it's sugar-free and it's fun to sip on throughout the day the flavors are really good and i've loved having a flavored drink rather than just water in my cup my favorite flavor is the lemon lime and sean loves strawberry and tropical punch it's crazy to me that one stick and 16 ounces of water has three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks and eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Yes, sir. That's why they say it hydrates better than water alone. However you hydrate, grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier, sugar-free, in bulk, nationwide, at Costco, or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code EASTFAM at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code EASTFAM at liquidiv.com. Um... It sounds like a meme. I was about to say. <laughs> what? Yeah, she, yeah she's uh, um, what was she a psychologist? Or she's a sociologist. Sociologist. She was part of the um, creating the algorithm for some of the dating sites. So that mm. was her background. So I that was Match. Yeah, Doctor Pep. Doctor Pep. Yep. Nice. Well, and sorry, I interrupted you. Well, I was just thinking, like it. It is cool, though. Part of marriage you do go in blind. Like, I don't know who Sean's going to be. I don't know. Like, I don't know if, even if we dated for two years, like maybe there's some deep, dark secret or weird habit that I didn't know about. Um, and the fact that like, like what you said, I looked up the stats from your, I think there's three couples and one got divorced after four years and one ended up not staying married after the eight weeks or whatever. Yeah. From And then you guys, yeah. 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 So then you mentioned like you had, um, like you truly believe that it could work. And I feel like that's kind of just marriage. Like you just yeah. got to have that optimism almost. Yeah. And, and then, and to, then it works out. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like you have to work at it, whether you, yeah. regardless, you could be smitten with somebody, get married yeah. and, or even before you end up getting married, if you're like traditional and date first and you are engaged and you're just <laughs> traditional and date first. <laughs> well, traditional. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that's probably, there's something like he was saying, there's something to that of you guys both were optimistic that the compatibility algorithm was going to match you. So was, has there been points within your marriage since then, which has been seven years? Six. Yeah. Six and a half. Yeah. 
which amazing. Congratulations. Have, <clears throat> have there been points where, you know, every marriage goes through like peaks and valleys of like, oh, I just don't like you today, but I love you tomorrow, whatever. Yeah. Have you gone through times where you're in a valley of like, oh, I don't like you, but we're compatible. Like, did, did that give you any confidence within your relationship to say, oh, we should make this work because it can work? That's it. I feel like that was day one for me. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, it really was day one. And then, you know, as I got to slowly get to know him and like, we just talked and talked. I mean, obviously there, I didn't even kiss him for, I don't know, I guess a, a couple of days. We didn't, we didn't even kiss because I And then on day kiss. four, Jamie. <laughs> and I, I don't know if it was day four. It was actually the end of our honeymoon. So that would be like day seven. But within, I would say solid within a two month, two weeks, I definitely, like I, I was, I really, really liked him. Like, and I think that it was, the kicker for me was that we, well, there's a few different things that are kind of bizarre, but the first thing is that the morning after we got married, we go out to get coffee and we got married in Manhattan. And so it was March. So it's really mm -hmm. cold. And my nose tends to drip in cold weather. I don't know if that happens <laughs> to anybody else, but like, it's just like drip. Like, I don't get it. Don't ask me why it's a little embarrassing. It's fine. It's not a big deal, but it was dripping. And he was sitting right next to me. We're, we're in the taxi cab. Um, at this point, like we just got the coffee. We're hopping in the cab to go down to actually sign our marriage license. And wow. um, I'm sitting in the middle. Our producer is sitting next to me, and then he's oh my gosh, to the right of me. And he's like, "Oh, you got a little, you know, a little." And he's like pointing at his at my nose, like, and to me, that I don't know, it meant a lot to me. He like didn't let me run around with like a drippy nose, you know, with like snot hanging out of my nose. He was like, mm. "Yeah," and I don't know. To me, I was like, "Okay, that's cool that he's like not weirded out by it or grossed out." I don't know. Like it just it just seemed nice to me that he was able to tell me I had, I needed to wipe my nose. <laughs> and then, um, at the courthouse, um, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't know my father for a really long time. I have it's blank on my birth certificate. And so to, that's always been like a very sensitive subject to me for probably obvious reasons. You know, like my mom, mm -hmm. I had four paternity tests and they were all negative when I was a kid. And so it's just always been a, like a sore subject, nothing I'm proud, you know, nothing I was ever proud yeah. of. And of course, like, at this point, like I'm, I'm slowly, like I'm, I've been talking to him. I'm slowly starting to like him and we're at the courthouse and they like pull me back to like verify that I indeed do not know who my father is because to them, it looks sketchy AF that the, the dad's line is just blank, which I guess I get, you know? Um, but I can't mm -hmm. imagine I'm the only one who doesn't know my father, not but, nice. but, uh, any case. So they, they said, you know, are you sure this is you and da da da. And I, I get it. They probably go through. Yeah. Like, identities or whatever but I didn't get it at the time and I was mortified and so of course mm -hmm. Doug is just sitting out there waiting for me while I'm like proving that I am who I am and just like didn't really even ask questions I come out and obviously to me this was like a really big thing I was really embarrassed and like kind of shy and ashamed about it and just I kind of and obviously he doesn't know anything about me so I have mm -hmm. to kind of fill him in that, <laughs> that this is like kind of who he married and like the kind of baggage I guess that he married into because um, you know, like I, I had also like gained custody of my siblings. It kind of like spiraled down a path of sharing all mm -hmm. these things. And so, so anyways, we go back out and he was just so, I mean, I didn't even have to explain myself. Like I felt like I had to, but I did, he just like accepted me and didn't, I don't know. I just felt so comfortable. We go out, he like buys me some flowers from the, the guy on the corner. We hop in the cab and go back <laughs> up. And I'm like, who is this guy? Like, he's <laughs> so cool. Like he just so nice and friendly mm -hmm. and I don't know, accepts me and my warts and, and, uh, I don't know. Yeah. That, so to answer that question, she again, doesn't have warts anymore. Yeah. I was, I was just about to say, I didn't know you had warts, but they, Doug said it better. Doug said the joke better than I did. I'm going to stop. I'm done. I, <laughs> my bad, dude. Oh, Andrew's digging, him, digging himself a grave. Um, uh, I think, I mean, a lesson that could, everybody could take away from you guys, which I think is a really, really beautiful thing is, from day one, you kind of just accepted that you're going to give it a shot with someone, whether you, I mean, you, you knew nothing about them. Both and I figure, yes, I feel like the, the biggest mistake people make on a daily basis, we have, we even have really close friends who do this all the time, who are so desperate to find someone, but yet they're so easily able to say, oh no, like she's yeah. too old or he's not this or she's not that. And it's like, but if only you got to know them, it could work. And, yeah. and then you go through 10 years of that, you end up never marrying anybody. It's like, okay. Yeah. 
Right. It's true. It's, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I feel like, I don't know, at least my own lesson was like, I clearly would judge books by their covers and I wouldn't mm-hmm. like get into the deep nitty gritty part of it. And how many books are amazing if you don't judge their books, you know, judge them by their yeah. cover. And um, I yeah, so I totally that. agree. That's like sort of the biggest lesson that I learned from my own marriage. <laughs> You've been on national television a couple of times oh, yeah. and been pretty public with your, I guess, personal life, I guess. And it yeah. hasn't stopped since though. You've no. continued to share really <sighs> sensitive things on your podcast. Has there ever been yeah. a point where you're like, I don't know if I like sharing all this personal stuff or are you just committed to it because you see some positive? You know what it, you know what it is? Um, we, the people that have been with us and kind of the, the friends that we have, um, they've been with us since we've been together. So like this whole community, it's, it, it was almost like they knew us when we first knew each other, you know, and they watched us every step of the way. And they've supported us. The and-, whole, and I mean, it is, it is truly a community that supports one another wholeheartedly. Yeah. You know, I mean, not everybody on social media is always nice, um, <laughs> but it was, it, it it, it was, you start to, and Jamie is way better at sharing than I am, like way yeah. better putting it out there. And you start to realize the people that you're connecting with are having the same struggle, same issues, same, you know, it's like when you humanize everything and you tell, you kind of show people that, that you know, this, this is okay. This is what you can overcome. This is what you can achieve. Or it is, you hear their stories. I mean, mm-hmm. the first time yeah. that I had no choice but to be public about something, uh, was when we lost our our son Jonathan, and we I had just announced on the Today Show, and then like a week later we lost him. And I I mean, what do you do at that point? You know, like you have no choice but to say, you know, that you and that, that I lost him. And and so the amount of women who flooded my mm-hmm. inbox with their own stories and their messages of support and love, I mean. It was at a time that I, like my husband, everybody copes differently. Like he literally goes back to work and I can't get off the couch. You know, like mm-hmm. I like can't get my teeth or get in the shower and he's, you know, everyone copes with and like with that, that type of thing differently. And so for me, I felt very isolated and alone during that time. I didn't know anybody who'd ever had a pregnancy loss. And so I had, I literally sat on the couch, like just bawling and just feeling so alone and desperate for some sort of connection. And then randomly these, like these people will just, flood me like my email inbox like they got my email and I'm like wow like it just and then the, and then others saying that like they heard my story and it made them feel less alone and I'm like wow like that was the first time that I realized that I know that social media can be definitely you know a little intrusive and people can have their opinions but it can be such a blessing in a way to like I guess like the first intent of it was to be able to connect people so that they don't feel alone. And it's a wonderful way to destigmatize situations that are considered ta- like taboo. And I mean, I know that you guys obviously know about that as well. Um, I'm sure, I'm, I don't know if like you have the same experience or not, but for me, it felt like being able to, to talk to somebody who went through the same thing that I went through and to understand that I'm not the only one feeling like this and to, and to even hear that like, it's not your fault, you know, those types mm-hmm. of things. It just, it just really meant a lot to me. And so then from there, I've, I've been, I, I've almost like made a vow not to hide and shame. I mean, even the whole thing with like not knowing my dad, there was no reason for me to ever be so ashamed of that. Like, that's not my mm-hmm. fault. And because I hid for so long with that, like, with, like, in, like from my friends in school, I mean, I wouldn't let, invite anybody over. So my mom, you know, she has dependency issues. She's, she's a, she, she is a recovering drug addict. And, um, we lived in like, you know, some beat up homes to say the least. And I wouldn't invite anybody over. I wouldn't let anybody know. And I would just like paint the smile on my face and like, just pretend (laughs) that life was good because I was so embarrassed. And I realized, and also even on the bachelor, like I never told a soul of those, one girl I told like kind of like what the situation would be like if I ever made it to hometown dates. I don't know if you guys, Mm -hmm. you know, Joe, I was like, I can't really bring him home because I live in a trailer in a trailer park and I have custody of my sisters. Like, that's not, I don't think he's going to be like, let me marry that one. (laughs) And I also went on The Bachelor, like super excited, like kind of hoping that it could be like real love. I 
was so, so naive. I, we didn't really have cable and whatnot. I never really watched The Bachelor before going on it. If I had known that it could have been super fun if I just let it all go, you know, like that's the thing is you don't have to hide with what you consider are your flaws or what you think is so shameful. Like let it out because there's someone else who thinks that it's shameful as well. And turns out it's really not that shameful, whether it's you don't know your dad or, you know, you have a pregnancy loss, it's not your fault or, um, mm -hmm you know, anything of anything of the nature. I mean, I have HPV. That's like the newest thing that I feel like everyone's like, you know, but I'm like, so does 80% of the population don't hide that. Like, let's talk about that and like, feel like figure out how a we can support each other and b how we can like get rid of that ish, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Preach Jamie. <laughs> I, I mean, everything you said hits home with us. We, when we had our first mis miscarriage, we did the same exact thing. I always say that it was the first time in our lives and kind of careers that social media didn't seem like a one-way platform. I thought social media was just to share and just, you know, you're sharing to the world and not talking to people. And then when we lost our first baby, I was the same way. I didn't know how to cope. I just felt like I couldn't get off the couch and ended up going to YouTube and posting a video. And Andrew was very hesitant about it because he's like, this is very vulnerable. I don't know if we want to do this. And I said, no, I just, I really need... I need to post it for some reason. And I would sit there for hours and hours just bawling, reading people's messages as women would be like, thank you for sharing this because I can't get off my couch right now because, you know, it's the same thing. So it, it is. It's a really eye-opening experience to social media. I, th I feel like you guys as well as us, we get asked all the time, well, why do you share so much? And it's like, well, because what we go through on a daily basis as parents, as spouses, someone else needs to hear and yeah. we need to be able to read their stories as well yes. to stay human. Well, yeah. plus if you have a platform to make a difference, you know, mm -hmm. leverage it, use it, you know, yeah. use it to, to help. And, you know, we, I, I, I don't know what would have been, what it would have been if we were just on season one and then that was it. Like we had mm -hmm. two spinoff seasons after that. So people carried with us for like our whole almost first year together and we put pretty much everything out there yeah. <laughs> um, you know and even now the the show that that we're on now on lifetime with couples cam i mean it's us with a video camera yeah. videoing our family life and our sister pooping on our, our sister our daughter pooping on the floor <laughs> which i'm like please um, don't air that like yeah, yeah. Rub, rubbing a milkshake all over her and but you know us going to the beach i mean it's you know it's we we've put a lot out there and, and I think people appreciate it. Yeah. But honestly, like I appreciate them so much for mm -hmm. like, like Sean, like when you can just sit there and you feel like you have no one to talk to when you're going through something and then they reach out to you and like share like for you, YouTube comments for me, it was like Instagram. They would DM mm -hmm. me my email or even just comment on my picture or, you know, it was like, Oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm not alone in this. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, there's definitely, it's, it's nice. It doesn't have to be just this murky place that's, I feel like it's portrayed as a negative spot often and it definitely can be, but yeah. it can also be really, really like a blessing to, to, to our lives, to yours, to mine, and to those who follow us. It's funny. I feel like real quick, I feel like with social media anymore, um, it's almost like my new Google. I swear once yes! a day, oh I'm like, gosh! Yes! <laughs> I'm like, wait, okay. I don't know. I don't know how to feed Drew out of a new bottle. And I'll be like on Instagram, I'll be like, guys, what do I do with this bottle? And then in two seconds, someone responds like, oh, you do this. I'm like, and the best thing about it is that you have multiple different people because I do the same exact thing. I'm like, uh -huh. what's your opinion? Because I don't really know. Yes. You have multiple different opinions. And so then you can kind of like weigh it out. Like what works for you? Like you don't necessarily, you know, like you're like, okay, well, this person says this and this. Oh, and then you can like make it your own, like take what you can from each uh -huh. person. Awesome. And then you're like, oh, well, he's a doctor or she's a nurse or whatever. And right. it's like, okay, yeah, this is great. It's literally Google mom, for me. So she as a knows because she's a real life mom. And she, <laughs> yes. a so she probably knows better than anybody. <laughs> or this person yes. has a cat as their picture and three followers. So exactly. Or this person's name is Karen. So we probably shouldn't listen to her. No, we'll let her be Karen. And, right. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jamie, I'm curious. So you, you are a nurse. Uh, you... We're a you were a foster mom. I'm curious 
what made you want to be a foster mom? Why'd you, why'd you see that as an important thing to do? And uh, what lessons did you learn? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, like I said, I ended up gaining custody. So my mom, so what happened was my mom had a real tough time paying the bill because she was, you know, a drug addict. And uh, at the time I was, and this was all throughout high school, really. Um, it wasn't really bad when I was, when I was really young, but I have, I have three younger siblings. And so like, I guess to make a long story short, eventually she ends up getting evicted to the point where they, I mean, she was evicted 10 times and she just wasn't leaving. And so they like literally were like locked up the doors and were like, you are not coming back to this house. And so, um, I ended up like renting this small little trailer from my grandparents actually. And like just prior to my mom getting that eviction notice, like for the last time, I suppose. And she came over, my mom had come over and said, Hey, you know, I have no place for the kids to go. Like they can't get off the bus you know, at this, uh, our, this trailer that we lived in. So can they get off the bus at your house? And, and like, that's kind of how I ended up, you know, taking care of my siblings was they just got off the bus and my mom went, you know, she, she disappeared a lot. Like she would just go places and do things. You can never get a hold of her. And that was the first time I realized, like, I don't know, um, just like, I feel like I'm going to get emotional. It's definitely hormones from, from nursing, I feel like. but it was just, I felt like I, I was a bit selfish for first of all, for even just leaving my siblings in that trailer because there were like holes in the floors and the ceiling was leaking. There was no heat, no electricity. I mean, it was a disaster zone. And I, I remember thinking to myself that I wanted out, like I wanted better for myself. And so that's when I, asked my grandparents, if I could rent their trailer from them. And, um, and I left my siblings there without like, real like it just I just feel selfish for that but anyways so my mom so I so long story short my mom ends up having them get off the bus at my house I ended up having them and I read this book called they cage the animals at night and it's a, a book about this little orphan boy and so if you if you ever you know want to read a book that'll make you cry you could read that and I just remember thinking if I if I hadn't it, first of all, like been old enough to take care of myself and my siblings, like we could have been in a foster care system and what would have happened to us? And so I, I don't know. I just felt like if just really like tug on my heart that I become a foster parent to help more kids who, I mean, we were, I just remember like everybody thinks that like foster kids are so bad and like, you know, they're just going to cause ruckus and they don't have parents. So they run wild. And it's like, not every kid who doesn't have parents is going to turn out to be, or every kid who has parents who are drug addicts, I should say, or, or like, you know, parents mm -hmm. who aren't as interested in them, or maybe you grew up in a trailer park. That doesn't mean that you are going to turn out to be a drug addict as well, or that you're going to live off welfare the rest of your life just because you, you know, you grew up like that. And I wanted to be able to, to like help kids who, like who, who, who are like growing up the same way that I did, you know? And mm -hmm. I just, I guess I just knew that it didn't have to be that way. And so that's kind of how that happened. It's pretty amazing, Jamie. I feel like, um, when I look back at my ancestors, my grandpa was the, the pivot person from being born to an alcoholic in the slums, like easily could have let, life circumstances take him down a similar path, but he changed. Like you didn't learn good parenting. It doesn't sound like necessarily from your upbringing. Mm -hmm. uh, but now yeah. your babies, your guys's babies will, which is really cool. Yeah. You're literally the pivot for your family and your, yeah. and not, yeah. not to make that sound harsh on your mom, but uh, you know, yeah. just because now I'm sensitive towards my mom, because now I'm a mom and I'm like, geez, yeah. I mean, not for nothing. She did raise me. Like right. I didn't have yeah. to raise yeah, me yeah. and I am who I am. So, and that's not, and I've had to come, five of you. I had right. to come to peace with that. Like there was a very long time I was bitter towards my mom yeah. for like many things. But, um, but I'm, I'm realizing now that my mom, that we all, we all have a story and my mom had a really rough go at life. Yeah. Like she, mm -hmm. she, she had a tough time. She had very poor coping mechanisms and, um, it doesn't make it okay. Like my siblings are still a little more, a little more bitter sometimes than I am. And they're like, yeah, but we didn't really, we were in worse situations than she was and we made it out. But I feel like you can't look at life like that because if you do, you're just going to be a negative, negative, like Nelly your whole entire life. Mm -hmm. Like my mom had a rough go. She had very poor coping mechanisms. She didn't have any support system. I was fortunate that she dropped these kids off in my lap. And I literally went to the, I remember I was in college and I, I was a freshman and I was like, what, 
I was at a community college though. So I was like, I don't have four years to try to get some degree and mm-hmm. I have to try to then pay back and try to take care of my siblings on top of it. I'm like, what degree can I get from this community college in two years? That's going to pay me more than minimum wage. And they said nursing. And that's kind of how I became a nurse. And, and that's how I learned that my mom has like genuine mental, like mental mm-hmm. illness and you can't judge her for it. And so mm-hmm. I feel blessed in a way, um, that my mom did the things that she did like, like full, full circle because mm-hmm. that's what led me to who, like where I am today. And so, yeah, I mean, and, and her brothers and sisters, I mean, they, you know, from a situation like that, they, they're all very normal. Um, <laughs> well, but, like, normal. but I mean, like <laughs> in, in the sense that they've, they've, they didn't fall to any yeah. of the bad habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, really families, we have such a great extended family. And mm. anytime that we go up there, there's nieces and nephews. And it's just, it, it, it's yeah. amazing what they all came, how they all came out, considering what mm-hmm. they all started with. Well, all, all credit to you. Um, that's a pretty amazing story. Uh, I, I appreciate you guys so much because you're very good at communicating like mm-hmm. just period i guess you're just really good at expressing <laughs> yeah. your thoughts so hats off i'm, I'm envious oh. in some ways i think well and i think everything you guys have gone through you're literally a modern day relationship in every way shape and form because you got married on tv at first sight um which is very modern um but you guys have gone through so much and a lot of the different topics we've talked about on our podcast is marrying in or dating into baggage and relationships and everything that comes with it and not um not giving up about or not giving up on a relationship and making sure you work for it and just like everything you guys are truly like the epitome of that which is really really cool so tell us about your mission though you i mean you intentionally named your podcast your show hot marriage cool parents what are you trying to achieve there like why why that concept well, the whole idea is kind of like it's a, it's a mockery, it's a joke. Like we don't mm-hmm. necessarily always have a hot marriage, and we definitely aren't always cool parents. But you know, we're all just we're just figuring this out our like as we go along, kind of thing. Um, it's almost like uh, like therapy. Oh my gosh, do you ever feel like your podcast yeah. is like therapy? Like you know, it's 100%. almost like we, yeah, we we yes. bring up we bring up interesting topics and speak with people that are directly directly have an effect on either how we're feeling or what we're doing. And it's a way for us to just air it out and leave it out there without having to sit here, just looking at each other and having the same conversation. It's, you know, let's, let's bring people into and be that, you know, be a fly on the wall with everything. And it's, you know, we, we didn't have, and I mean, we learned very quickly how much work goes into a marriage. Um, Same thing with parenting and, you know, we had our struggles going through and having to go to therapy, which lasted a couple of weeks. But I mean, even having, yeah, well, I mean, but, yeah, but having, <laughs> like, even while she was pregnant with Henry, like we were in the worst place possible. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Where if, if we didn't have, if we weren't pregnant, I don't know if we would have made it to here. Yeah, um, that's very true. You know, and, but, yeah. and it was just, there's a lot of experience in that and there's a lot of stories to tell in that mm-hmm. and yeah. it helps us. Yeah. <laughs> it helps us with communicating. Yeah. I feel like, uh, we love the podcast because it does. It's like a therapy session. It helps keep us connected, but also it keeps us kind of, um, held accountable yeah. because everyone who's listening, you know, they have, they have, you know, input, like for example, the other day I said a normal vaginal birth and someone said, I wish you didn't call it a normal vaginal birth because a C-section is then not considered normal. And I was like, okay, right. You're right. So I'm sorry. But so yeah, we love the podcast. We love our listeners and, um, yeah, it keeps yeah. Us, they hold us accountable. <laughs> yeah. My favorite part is being able to connect with people. Like yeah. you just hear amazing stories and you hear how other people make their marriage work or like whatever, you know, yeah. whatever, however they got to where they are. And it's like, oh, wow. Well, if you guys can go through what you're, what you've been through, I'm pretty sure we could probably make it through whatever the heck we're going through. Yeah. Um, speaking of hot marriage though, air quotations headline from, I think Friday, I don't know how you feel about this. It says Jamie Otis reveals she and her husband, Doug, haven't had sex since, uh, birth of son. That's (laughs) (laughs) okay. So I thought baby number two, (laughs) Plug in the laptop. <laughs> I don't want it to die on us. Um, uh, 
but mm-hmm. but yeah, so it's true. Well, it wasn't charging, Doug, and I don't what? want. <laughs> Sorry, I love that. this. I love this right now. What's happening? Aye, aye, aye. Okay. See. Was it charging, Doug? I don't think it's we're charging. Have to still. Sit on we, the floor I will answer. Place? I thought you guys were trying to uh, show percentage. Oh, it's one percent, Doug. We really do. I don't know what's going on. Wow, <laughs> this is so exciting. It's happening live. This is like this is happening live. We can wrap this up if you guys. That was kind of my last question, but that was your last question. That was it. Right. We, we planned it. We planned it because of this headline. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, oh wait, hold on, hold on. Is that why? That is it. Oh, wow, I heard it. I heard the. Yeah. yeah. Right. We can go back to the bed or stay here, whatever. I'll just stay yeah. here. All right. Um. Yeah. Okay. So it's true. We haven't had sex in. Well, we have now. Had didn't. Yay. Twice. Honestly. Oh my god. Who's counting, right? A lot of lonely nights in the bathroom. I. I don't know. This is like, this is where it's TMI. And I, sometimes this is where it's a little uncomfortable when you like, you guys can just read my, our headline, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My yeah. Like, Oh yeah. So we haven't had sex. And I, I just met you. Um, she has HPV. I don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I don't know about you, Sean, but for me, well, first of all, with the first baby, like I was definitely kind of, it was rough having sex after having our first, yeah. it, not, it was not comfortable. I didn't, it was not the same down there. Um, it hurt to be honest. Like it, yeah. it just wasn't comfortable. And so, th- and then I had a home birth for our son and yes. he was bigger and he was nine pounds, four ounces and just like really not sorry. Mm-hmm. Ears. I feel like this is TMI. I'm just talking to Sean now, but um, it just really like, destroyed some things. And so I was, I just, I was hurting, like really, really hurting postpartum. And, um, and so I just got, I got really scared to do. And then I did, I have this positive HPV diagnosis, which requires you to go get a colposcopy. And so they go in there and, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it or not, but Andrew is. Yeah. Andrew. Never heard Um, that word in my life. (laughs) Um, they just like, they just test your cells to make sure that it's not cancerous or, Uh, yeah. And so mine turned out to be high risk um, dysplasia, which is indeed precancerous. Yep. And so you have to then go back and get something called a leap procedure. And meanwhile, when these things happen, they, the doctor recommends that you don't insert anything into your vagina for six weeks because you need to heal afterwards. Yes. So first I had a baby and I had to wait six, or did I say six weeks? I meant, I'm sorry, I meant two weeks. So first I had a baby and I had to wait six weeks. Then I had the mm-hmm. colposcopy that adds two weeks. And then I had the leap procedure that adds two weeks. And then on top of that, I'm not feeling like having no. sex. Like no. it's just- I'm not like yeah. in the mood in any way, shape or form. And rewind to while she was pregnant. Um, after, after the loss that we had, um, yeah. our son, Jonathan. And even like the other two losses. It like, is I was, scary yeah. to have, cause the one time that we did have sex while, while Hendrix was, was in there, um, <laughs> you, she bled. No, and it was yeah. like, which is somewhat normal. Yeah. But it like is that's, normal to bleed. That's, but it's scary. That's yeah. very scary. But it was like a trigger for us because that was what happened with Jonathan and with our um, the second loss, the, yeah. the third loss we had. It was it was bleeding, like very light bleeding at first, and then it intensified. And so I was like, I don't know. I just didn't want that kind of anxiety. And so we just and also it's not like my libido was like through the roof. No. So I was like, okay. No. Well, you uh, have two kids, you're breastfeeding, you're healing and probably bleeding. I mean, there's just a lot yeah. going on and you're just kind of wanting to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> just you, let Sean. me sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. You get it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know what I was getting into when I read the headline yeah, out loud. I, so. I didn't know he was going oh, to. So, <laughs> um, but you guys yeah. are awesome. I feel like we need to have you back on because we could talk about a lot of different things. Um, final three questions. We ask every single person. Okay, sure. Who goes first, though? You have to choose before we, oh, okay. we ask. Wait, what? Um, we, who first? <laughs> who wants to answer first? the questions first? Okay. I'll go first. So what is your biggest pet peeve with Doug? He hums a lot. He goes, mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't even know he's doing it. And he'll like, mm, And he'll, like, clunk around a lot. <laughs> Okay, Doug, what's your biggest pet peeve with Jamie? Um, good job, Jamie. Are you holding the computer this whole time? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, the arms are shaking. Yeah. Oh, no. I She's wasn't holding, holding it. it. Not before, <laughs> we just had to but, move. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Jamie leaves the door open when she goes to the bathroom. <laughs> Not when I go poo, though. Only that that yeah. and and she always wants a bite of my food. That's true too. Mm. Yeah, That's tough. not a big share. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Jamie, what do you love the most about Doug? His, I mean, this could be a long question. I would say his patience. I would say his love and understanding and respect for for me and for our family. I mean, this could go on for a while, but um, mostly like <laughs> those I are great. Say, the way that he loves like unconditionally and like doesn't, I don't know. He's just very loving and forgiving and patient and funny and mm. a great guy. <laughs> and Doug, what do you love the most about Jamie? Probably more. Um, I, I'm inspired by Jamie just with everything she's gone through and who she is today. The way that she loves family is really, really heartwarming to me. Um, and, but she also, I don't know if it's selfish to say this, but she makes me want to be the best person that I can be mm. because of how she is. Aww. Wow. That's I, uh, I, I feel like un- unconditional loves means something different when you guys say it. It's kind of cool. Just your story. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's, it's really cool. It's powerful to say. Last thing I'm curious, if you had to put a timestamp on when each of you thought like, okay, we're married, but at this point, I really felt like I knew who they were. Like, what, what, what would that time length be? I don't know about you guys, but I feel like five. Do you ever years. know? Like, no. I feel like you're always learning about someone, right? Yeah. Like, okay. I'll be like two years in, and I'm like, yeah, I really know him now. Like, I yeah. mean, even like a year in, I'm like, I really know him, and it's like, after, do I really yeah. know my husband? Because <laughs> yeah, I think it was after after we had had. Um, yeah, that's when it really kind of sunk in because. Mm. You know, we knew each other as, as, I mean, we started out as friends and then we fell in love. And then, you know, from, from there we were living together anyway. Um, we waited till we got married to have sex. Um, and then, (laughs) (laughs) and then, but then, then the last piece of that was, you know, having a baby and sharing that together and how you would be parenting and how you would mold somebody's life and, Mm. mold your life around that person I, I think that's when it was like that's when we I felt anyway that you know like this I I, I feel like we're in a really good place wow yeah. that's awesome Doug you're hilarious Jamie you're great so glad you, you guys gave us the time to talk really enjoyed this conversation for those listening and want to find out more about Doug and Jamie we'll link their information in the show notes down below um, we also did a podcast on we've done now our second so go check that out on their podcast called Hot Marriage Cool Parents And we'll talk later, guys. Thanks.